RugbyRenegade.com, the number one online strength and conditioning program for rugby. Are you ready to get bigger, stronger, fitter, and faster and dominate your opposition? Welcome to the Rugby Renegade Podcast, where we build machines. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Renegade podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Pro Athlete Supplementation. Check them out at pas-nutrition.co.uk for all your supplementation needs. And don't forget that subscribers to the Rugby Renegade program get a 40% discount on retail prices. So we're on to episode 26 of the Rugby Renegade podcast. My name is Jamie Bain and firstly apologies for uh, we've had quite the hiatus in terms of the podcast um, but we're back now obviously pre-season took its toll and we're back into the season uh, and we've got some really good podcasts coming up and today is no different today i get to speak to brendan chaplin great strength coach and owner of strength and conditioning education.com um, and he's worked with um, huddersfield giants and leeds carnegie uh, and at the eis and other sports um, and a big background in mixed martial arts so it's great to um, talk to him and as always uh, give it a good listen and let us know what you think hi brendan welcome to the rugby renegade podcast thanks for coming on Thanks for having me, Jamie. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, why don't we start by um, just sort of giving us a bit of background? Tell us um, how you got into strength and conditioning, and who you know, what sports and teams you work with. Yeah, cool. Well, I essentially am a martial artist, so I started off as a doing lots of boxing and, and Thai boxing and judo, and then when I went to university, I, I got into mixed martial arts as it is today. It really wasn't even a, a structured sport as much as it was just a, an excuse to get in the gym and have a bit of a, a roll around. Um, but I started training a lot of mixed martial artists and realised that I wasn't particularly skillful as a, as a fighter or as a combat athlete, but I had a little bit of strength and, and endurance so I could hold my own and realised that was strength and conditioning. Um, went to train in Manchester with a, a really prominent coach called Carl Tanswell, who is involved in the, the Straight Blast gym, who's worked with Conor McGregor, is probably most famous. And one of those crazy moments when one day Carl passed me a video to watch, it was a training video, and he said, look, just have a look at that, I think you're going to enjoy it. And I went back and put this DVD in. It wasn't some crazy, dodgy video, by the way, before <laughs> you asked Um and, and it was this video on foam rolling. I started watching it. I was mesmerized by, wow, I've never seen this before. It was before foam rolling was really in the mix. And the person presenting the DVD was Mike Boyle, uh, who's, a, again, as you well know, a prominent strength and conditioning expert from the States. And mesmerized by this video, I started messaging Mike Boyle, asking him for tips on how to train uh, I was training my MMA fighters and eventually I thought, you know what, I'm going to ask him if I can go over there and work with him, sent him a message, kind of come and work with you. And he sent me a one-liner back on an email saying, absolutely, let's work it out. So I jumped on a plane, went over to Boston, did an internship with Boyle, came back and very fortunately managed to make my, my way into the English Institute of Sport as a strength and conditioning coach. This was pre-Beijing. 2008 and I was working with a number of different athletes, swimmers, disability athletes, as well as Durham uh, University and GB rowing and lots of other sports. And from there, Jeremy, it just went from 
one sport to the next. I went to British tennis and I was looking after all the young tennis players as well as the performance players, which kind of is the same thing in tennis because it's such an early specialisation sport. Then went to Huddersfield Giants and then went to Leeds Carnegie and Leeds Metropolitan University, looked after all their sports. And throughout this time, I, I was always consistently working with mixed martial arts, athletes and fighters, and even general public. I just loved coaching and, and training people. So off the back of that, Strength and Conditioning Education was born, which is the company that I work in and run now, and we deliver education and training programs for coaches, and that's where we are today. Cool, that's great. And while you're touching on your, your martial arts background, obviously there's a big... <laughs> Big fight coming up is Mayweather yeah. and McGregor. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I can't wait for the fight. I love the anticipation, the build up, and I love the way that Conor has taken control of of combat sports. It's it's amazing, and you know, I honestly do think we can all learn from the way he's harnessed that and the and the belief that he's got in himself. It's 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 unbelievable. That said, as a prediction. I've got to go with Floyd on that. I just think the the level he's at and the experience he's got will see him through against Conor. But I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot closer than the pundits and the the betting tipsters potentially predict. It's going to be a really good one. Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, now, this is a question we ask uh, all of our guests on the podcast, and it's it's probably not an easy question to answer. But um, in a nutshell. Describe your strength and conditioning philosophy. Yeah, I, this, it is a tough question because that that those three words in a nutshell is the challenge, isn't it? You can <laughs> yeah. walk on for ages on what you believe in and what you don't believe in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there's a few different elements, and I think really the best way I could summarise is it in, in in three words myself back to you, which is principles over preferences. I think very often we we watch the latest videos and and jump on the latest trends, but actually we need to have a principle-based program that follows the key principles of progressive overload, individualization, specificity, reversibility, and all those cool things that we all know, and check ourselves on a regular basis. Is it progressive? I, I remember Dan Baker, when I, I spoke to him about training and power training and, and and somebody had asked me a question to ask him which was do you use bands and chains with your academy players and he, he answered in a, a I thought a very succinct brilliant way and it was very simple he just said why give away your good stuff too early and essentially he's, he's talking about earning the right and, and progressively overloading people and so to answer your question I'd say a principle-based program over a program that's run by your preferences as a coach and that's much more challenging than we might think yeah definitely I, th I think whenever you see something new you've got to kind of almost you know hold off trying to throw it into your program and just kind of think about how that fits in with you know those principles you spoke about and and like you say is it is it too soon are we better saving that you know for later down the line when you know we're, we're not getting any gains from just you know standard training um, and yeah. it's definitely you've got to assess on 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 the go rather than just throwing everything at it. And I don't think that it's it's constraining us as coaches that I think we can play with things. And you know, I honestly do believe that we we're ahead of the scientists and we're ahead of the research. We we've got to be creative and try stuff. 
But at the same time, we know those principles are, are, are there for a reason and we've got to have that in depth and embedded within within the programme for sure. Yeah, and that, that touches nicely on the next question. I know you run a, a youth strength and conditioning course and um, so how would you see that the kind of touched on it already, how the, the, the delivery differs between youth athletes and, and seniors? Yeah, so... We do have a strength and conditioning course, and, and to be honest, we've, we've got a strength and conditioning, sorry, a youth strength and conditioning course. We've got a youth strength and conditioning pathway, and um, it's an area that I'm really, really passionate about. Hence, we founded the Youth Strength and Conditioning Association a year ago. Myself and Ben Haining from Reed School in Surrey, and Ben's a, an expert paediatric strength and conditioning coach, and. It differs and it also has similarities. We have what we call the triple E coaching methodology, which I won't kind of bore you too long with this, but essentially it's what we call excite, engage, enable. And so with young people, the work you do has got to be exciting. It's got to genuinely excite them. When you put that session or that drill or that program in front of them, they're going to look at it and be excited by that. And I think when you ask yourself that question back is, is the work that you're putting in front of your young athletes or young population, young people, is it genuinely going to excite them? A lot of the time the answer is no. It's what we are excited about or what we think is right for them. So we've got to meet them where they need to be met first and foremost. Then the engage side of things I think is really important. And my interpretation of engage is we've got to engage with our young people, our young athletes and, and explain to them the purpose of why they're doing what they're doing. Give them that and help them to buy into that program by understanding, yeah, I get it, you're excited about this cool little session we put in front of you, but it's actually going to help you become a more robust rugby player or a healthier individual or not to be injured in life in general. And then the enable element, really simply, they've got to get results from it. It's no good having an exciting session that, that you, that's got a purpose behind it, but they don't get any gains off the back of that. It's actually got to facilitate their development. So my feeling, and, and it's such a powerful coaching methodology, this is I genuinely think that you can trace any success or failure in programming back to that Triple E coaching methodology. I think if you look at the last two or three people that you've worked with, who perhaps didn't get results or didn't buy in fully into the program or it just didn't work out for one or another reason. And you look at why that might be and ask yourself, what were, was that person or group excited about the work that you were doing? Were you, as a coach, really engaging with them and giving them the purpose behind that content? And did they actually get results off it, the quick wins that, we, we all know are there, but sometimes we put out of the short-term picture in favour of longer-term gains that might not happen. So when it comes down to training young people, I think it's real simple. Make it exciting, engage with them, and make sure that they get those quick wins that are in front of them. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great methodology. And, and I've got another E that you can add to it or kind of yeah. encompass them all, I guess. Uh, yeah. Just as you were talking, it, it kind of sort of struck with me. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying, some of the best coaches in you know any field, um, sport, S and C, business, whatever, are the ones who have the most empathy for the you know, their clients. 
um mm. and and all those three things kind of tie into that you know they want to they want to be excited you know if you if you get into the mind of them they want to be excited they want to understand what they're doing and and they want results so if you've got that empathy it just it ties it all together i think yeah i like that we've got we've got some values for the youth strength and conditioning association that really tie in well with some of the philosophies that we discussed earlier but one of those values is empower people through coaching and i think that's often overlooked with adults as well as kids that we are actually coaches we're not just giving them a session and 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 grunting and driving people through work we're at, we're actually there to coach them and, and aid their development and coaching is about questioning people and getting to know them and actually as you say empathizing with them yeah. and that's a very overlooked aspect of what we do we tend to not do that as well as we potentially should do or could do yeah and, and that's something you know spoke to you before about you know the good coaches i spoke to on the podcast and and it always comes back to that you know the science and theory is great but you've got to have that human understanding and, and interaction uh, otherwise it's it's all pointless yeah for sure uh, and it's kind of touched onto a question I was going to ask a bit later because I, I read your um, blog uh, on differential coaching and we're, we're kind of touching on it now so I don't, I don't know if we've covered it but you know, it's about how you build that rapport and, and develop that, that you know everyone's always after that buy-in to their program mm. it's such a big area isn't it and um, I think I, yeah I, I think you're right we've touched on it with the Excite Engage Enable but coaching is, is not in, in business and in outside of sport essentially is, is usually applied in a different way to, to what it is in, in sport and in outside of sport coaching is very much we're, we're not we're not the expert we're actually trying to get that result or get that information out of that person so if you're coaching the CEO of a, a multinational company for example they know that job better than you you're asking them those questions, you're teasing out that information. But in sport, and often I've, I've been guilty of this and still am, if I'm honest, we, we tend to put a different hat on, of which we're the expert. We know exactly what you need and we're going to tell you exactly how to do that and, and why we do that. So I think when it comes to building rapport and developing buy-in, genuinely coaching through questioning, training that person in front of you and using the language and the terminology that they will buy into and respond to for be it themselves or that sport is, is key. Um, so learn to speak the language of the sport and the athlete is a, is a massive area. And just changing terminology to, to change the focus of the programs from a good example, somebody shared this with me the other day. Um, instead of calling something like injury rehabilitation, call it reconditioning it's more motivating you're getting in especially when you talk about rugby players and, and combat athletes they want to get busy they want to get into it they don't want to be focused on the injury they want to be focused on i'm reconditioning myself to get back in that type of shape and just thinking about the terminology that we use as as coaches is so important um, but for sure that methodology of of putting exciting engaging work in front of somebody is a great way to do it and then looking for those quick wins in the program that show that person that what you're doing with them actually works rather than often thinking about that longer term game um, that sometimes you never get to because they're 
fed up or burnt out or bored with the work you're doing before you even get a chance to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I think you touched on at the end there is, you know, motivation is huge and, and what's the most motivating thing for an athlete is to get results and, and see progress. So if you can if you can get that in from the start, then you know you're halfway there, aren't you? Yeah, no doubt. Sure. And also really interesting what you're saying about uh, sort of the terminology and the language you use. Um, and I think that's especially important in a team environment where you kind of develop your own language as a team where everyone's sort of saying the same words and you kind of build that that team culture. It's yeah, it's it's so much bigger than you just don't get taught that. And um, if you look at people who are really successful, you know, some of those people are, are not amazingly technically knowledgeable strength and conditioning experts. They, they're brilliant communicators and they can get their message across so effectively. And we've got to learn from them. You know, those are the people that are in the trenches for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. They've got long, long careers. And it's not enough to just have the sets and reps under, you know, in your toolbox. You've got to be able to communicate that. So it's a new language you've got to learn when you go in and work with a different sport. And, and you've got to get beneath the surface and get underneath and discover those beliefs and values that people have and talk to them on a values level rather than a, a um, just a behavioral level. There's, there's, like it or loathe it, there's a, a really good model in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is called the neurological levels. And at the base of the pyramid, are they call it behaviors. So the reason, you know, you might be, I don't know, not doing your stretching on a daily basis. Well, you, you know, you, you don't, that's not a habit that you've built. And rather than communicating them on, on that basis of why haven't you done your stretches? Come on, you can do it. Um, is it is there a reason you're not doing it? Maybe we need to set some more time aside, blah, 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 blah. All those things that we, we've tried and, and quite often they fail is moving up that pyramid and talking to them on a, a values level about where they're looking to go, what their mission is, how, and, and talking to them in that type of context of, would an elite rugby player forget their stretches? Would they be able, Would they get to the World Cup? Would they get to the next level um, by doing that? And, and it's a real simple thing, but just reframing it there, dropping back down into that behavioural context gives you a greater chance of getting that understanding off the back of it. So I'd um, definitely encourage people listening to check out the neurological levels and just just have a, a read through some of that stuff. There's plenty out there, and that's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Now looking um, looking at your time with um, Huddersfield Giants and and uh, Leeds Carnegie, um, this question we also ask to all of the guests on the podcast, and it's what's the biggest mistake rugby players make when it comes to strength and conditioning? <laughs> um, yeah, where do you start on this one, James? <laughs> <laughs> now that's it's. Um, it's it's yeah I, I I've got a few thoughts on this. I think very globally, I think it's just overcomplicating things, thinking too too much about what is perfect and trying to and trying to polish perfect rather than taking care of the the eighty percent and and getting the basics right. And I'm a, I'm a, a real generalist really when it comes to strength and conditioning. It doesn't need to be much more complicated than push stuff, pull stuff squat, lunge, get fit, do some speed training. And at the very base of what you're doing, if, you, if you're covering those bases, you're, you're going to improve likely as an athlete. It's much easier 
to to complicate your program than it is to simplify it. And I think we're as coaches, I speak now, probably more guilty of that than than rugby players. But we're part of the problem. We've got to facilitate their development and simple the simplest solution is the most efficient and the most efficient is really the most intelligent get it done simply and efficiently um other than that i think being creative and playing with different ideas and concepts alongside that general program as we discussed from a philosophy perspective is really important as well keep it super simple but don't be afraid to try new things and and introduce them into your program and do something that engages you as an athlete as well because at the end of the day you've got to do it every day or, or most days of your life so if you're not infused and you have a bit of a purpose behind it it's never going to work for you and that's where we've all heard it before but the 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 program that you enjoy and, and gets the most buying from you is more likely to have a longer term benefit to you than the the perfect most polished program that you hate so keep it simple most efficient solution train the athlete that you are don't just follow the cookie cutter program and and be creative and, and have a, more fun in there that'll that'll lead to longer term gains yeah definitely i think in a sport like rugby when there's so many sort of different demands you know whether it's training or you know technical tactical training all the different types of um, physical qualities you need you've you've got to really simplify everything you, you can't do loads of different things to different levels you, you've got to focus on your sort of big bang for your buck um, mm. techniques um, so that's definitely right and uh, sort of talking about um, we've talked about motivation previously as well and, and um, how to keep that um, excitement and stuff like how, how do you approach goal setting with your athletes yeah, um, so it, ultimately, it's got to come from from them and their and their beliefs and where and where they want to go with it. You know, we all know the whole smart goals philosophy. Yeah, that's great, but it needs to come from them and not from from us. Now, clearly, a professional athlete, we have a, an input and, and there's an element of demand that we can place on them. But the more we can get into their psyche and, and their values and, and, and understand what they want out of this and then harness those smart goals to those values, the more effective that that achievement process and that longevity is, is going to be with their training. So put your coaching hat on, ask lots and lots of questions and um, make sure that those goals are truly coming from them and that we're not imposing potentially what we think they should be doing or what we think is right there initially and guide them towards what we know is, is, is going to help them as well. It's meeting people where they need to be met. We can't have it all our own way. There's got to be a level of compromise there, I think. Does yeah. that make sense there? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I've heard someone say in the past that um, uh, you can kind of predict what a coach is like from their athletes in some cases where they like like you say they kind of impose themselves on on the athlete as opposed to the them finding what makes the athlete tick and and what motivates them and and what they need to improve uh, is that something you've seen yeah i i do and i've i've been working with a couple of not rugby players but cricketers recently pretty high level and um 
it's it's really it's quite challenging to set goals for somebody that's at that at a high level of performance because they're already at, at a high level of performance and it really does have to come from them to get that that buy-in that motivation it's not the same as doing some tests you know identifying their weaknesses and, and cracking on it's that the plates are already well and truly spinning in the air and, and it's very much just a matter of tapping them to keep them moving. It's it's really got to be athlete-driven to get to that next level. Um, so the better we can get at asking good questions and challenging questions, the, um, the better results we're going to have ultimately. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and again, this is something we've we've started asking more and more on the podcast. And it's what advice would you give to up and coming strength coaches? Mm, yeah, I could tell them how not to do it from my experience. <laughs> it's probably uh, that's probably where I'm at. I think I wrote a blog ages ago called "How to Get a Job in Professional Rugby," and to be honest, it wasn't really about. Rugby, it was about get a job in in S and C in in performance sport, and it, it got mixed re- reviews because some people were like, nah, nah, shut up, it's not like that, and other people were were, were positive and, and real simple. The message was was super super simple, and it was it was very much put your time in, pay your dues. There's how many how many uh, teams are in the Premiership rugby these days? Twelve. So there's, there's twelve head of SNC roles available in, in England, for example, you know, that's, that's not going to come to you uh, straight out of university or, or fresh off your qualifications. It's just not going to happen. There's hundreds, thousands of, of community clubs out there that are really in, in need of good quality support. And if you're a, you back yourself as a good quality practitioner, those those teams will take you if you present yourself professionally and you put a good case across and you're prepared to potentially work for very little or no money. The next level, when you've done a great job with those guys, is your semi-pro teams. There's a lot less of them than there are amateur teams, but once you've got two or three years of, of amateur experience, you're in a position where you can knock on their door and it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. And it's not a complicated message here at all, but I think you do get a lot of coaches that, because they've got the qualifications and the uh, the recommended um, badges, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, from all over the world, it, it almost is a, a ticket into high performance sport, and that's nonsense. That's it's bullshit, frankly. You've got to put your time in, and you've got to have a point of difference. So be prepared for that journey to take a decade to take 15 years, but you do this because you, you love developing human beings and, and athletes from point A to point B. So to get paid for that is a bonus, you know? It really is. So I think network the hell out of your your um, your community and, and, and add value in that networking process. That's not a take, take, take process. It's a give, give, give process. And if you get something back, it's a bonus pay your dues and put that time in. You're not entitled to that salary at the top level and learn and make those mistakes that will facilitate you being a really, truly credible professional in 5, 10, 15, even 20 years' time. 
you know, it, it's fascinating to see the numbers of graduates coming off degree programs that are, are not getting jobs, but they actually don't have any experience to, to, to throw into the mix. And therefore, there's no point of difference. You know, you, you, you essentially are the same as hundreds and thousands of other people coming out every year. Learn how to network, go out and speak to people, go and add value and prepared to, be prepared to do the jobs that other people don't want to do. And then three, five years down the line, you've got some fantastic experience that you can take to the next stage. So I really wanted to give you something that was a bit more scientific and, and, and et cetera, et cetera there, mate. But <laughs> unfortunately, there are no shortcuts. So the only shortcut is is following those rules and grafting your way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's great advice. And like you say, there's so many people coming out with um, sports science degrees and strength and conditioning degrees. And unfortunately, that's not enough now. You know, the standard of people applying for internships, you know, most have already done one other internship. You know, they've all pretty much got MSCs. The the kind of the, the bar's been raised in terms of the standards. So um, it's that experience. And, and like I say, the network that you can build through that experience that that's uh, what will get you your, your opportunities. Um, I, think, yeah, I think the last piece on that for me is actually going back to getting buy-in with the programs, but it links in here as well because your ability to get buy-in and communicate is a real fast track to your to shortcutting your journey to the next job and the next job is is really throwing yourself into the sport itself, whatever that may be. Learning how you know, I remember doing badminton sessions with and jumping in and, and you know throwing the shuttlecocks around and you know making myself look stupid but actually learning those movement patterns with those with those badminton players that was training same with um the tennis players that i worked with same let you know when you when you get beaten six nil or, or 20 points in a row by a, a 13 year old female tennis player you know it, it yeah it shows you a lot to learn to do but it also shows you're not you're prepared to, to to play their game and understand that. And um, if you come in from not the sport itself, if you're coming from a different sport into a new sport, that is a great way to to encourage those people around you and get that support and learn to speak their language and understand what they're going through. And um, I don't necessarily see that enough with younger coaches. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... Um... You've got to you've got to jump in and sort of show you you practice what you preach to a certain degree, even if you're you know being shown up with a with a shuttlecock. But um, yeah. you know I, it just shows I, you you're a bit you know it helps you build rapport and just shows sure. you know you're a, you're a good egg really. I remember doing a, a a combat session with the some of the Huddersfield Giants players, and we were out on the field, and um, it was probably I don't know I think it was like November or January. It was, it was cold and wet, put it that way. And um, I was doing some combat stuff and I'd, we'd done a few sessions and, and over the last few weeks and the guys were getting a bit more competent. And I, I, I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to have a, a go here and get in and wrestle them a little bit. And we were doing some hold downs on the floor. So I was talking about pressure points and trying to keep somebody held down on their back and not letting them move. And uh, And as I was demoing it, one of these cocky players basically just booked me off and rocked me over and everybody was pointing and laughing um, and because we were kind of going a little bit alive it wasn't sort of a full-on spar as such but 
clearly, you know, I was looking up trying to explain it and he was trying to show me up, so to speak. And I, and I rolled on my back and caught him in an arm bar that, um, that I'd learned from jiu-jitsu. And clearly that's not a rugby move, but it was just like, right, I'll have you, mate, for this. But the, the, it was really funny because they were all laughing at my um, embarrassment. Uh, but at the same time, it shows that, you know, you're not afraid to get in the mix and, and, and be shown up in that way. And and it's a good buy in that, you know, it, it, it puts you in their shoes a little bit and, and brings you together. And rather than it being a, a coach and student or coach and athlete, it, you're working together here. And that's you're on a journey, you know. Yeah, it's all about. No, definitely. That's a, that's a great bit of advice. I'm glad that came up. Um, and then. Oh, sort of on that, or we've also spoke about you know NLP, um, so that could be a, a, an example. But are there any sort of books that you would recommend to you know up and coming strength coaches? Man, there's so many. Like, I, I have so many books that some some of them I haven't even I've, I've skim read them and read a page, and others I haven't got around to it. But I, I would say that any on, on the on the personal and coach development side of things, which I think is such a an underutilized or, or kind of red area in our field, I think anything by a guy called Seth Godin from the States is, is gold, absolute gold. There's one book in particular that he wrote that was very, very, I thought very impactful, and it's called The Icarus Deception, and it's talking about how you can take yourself to the highest levels and how you can essentially fly high in your career. Very motivational, but also has a lot of sense behind it, not just one of these fluffy kind of, yeah, you know, you can do anything. It, it's, there's actually some substance to it. Uh, and and so I, I love anything that Seth Godin writes. He's got an amazing blog that he sends out every day. Sometimes you read his blog and it is literally like he's looking into your life right now. You know, he's like over your shoulder giving you advice. It's crazy. So on the personal development side, Seth's the man. Uh, another book that sort of dovetails between the two, I'd say, is CEO Strength Coach by Ron McKeefrey. Ron's a really good friend of mine, and I spoke recently at his summit in Belfast. He works for Play um, Flooring, Play Education now, yeah. and they're doing some really good education across the planet actually they're doing stuff all over the place and ron's a, a real credible guy and, and ceo's strength coach talks about the need for us as strength and conditioning coaches to have irons in 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 different fires and to approach our careers from a an entrepreneurial perspective as well as purely a, a purist coaching perspective so i think mean, that's a really good book and then finally Good old Mike Boyle, Advances in Functional Training. I think Boyle, you may not agree with everything that Boyle says, but he has been there, done it, and is still doing it, and, and, and with high-level athletes as well as kids and everyone in between. And Advances in Functional Training is a, a, essentially a summation of his work. I just think it's a really good read. I think it's a really good book that addresses a lot of different aspects of performance training um so yeah i'd check that out if, if you haven't already and and take a a look at boyle's philosophies and the way he trains people it's pretty cool 
yeah, definitely I'll look into that. And I'm pleased to say that Ron McKeefe was one of our guests on the podcast and yeah, I definitely yeah. recommend CEO Strength Coach. It's a great book for especially for upcoming strength coaches. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Ron I, I feel like he's he's a genuine human being that really wants people around him to succeed and clearly he wants to succeed himself as well as we all do but you you get that success from adding value don't you and and, and i think he's just somebody who totally gets it so that's a good read for from a veteran that's still at the top of his game real good book yeah definitely thanks for sharing those um and then lastly um brennan doesn't want to take up any more of your time where can people learn more about yourself yeah so um any sort of social media, just look me up. Generally speaking, it's at Brendan Chaplin, so that's cool. Uh, the Youth Strength and Conditioning Association, we have a, a pathway there from soccer mums and parents right through to experienced S&C coaches. So that, you can check all of that out if it interests you at youthsca.com, youthsca.com. And then the main company website is strengthandconditioningeducation.com and there's plenty of blogs and, and articles that you can read through and, and get a feel for what we're doing and what we're about there and, and, and I think what we're trying to do is basically provide opportunities for coaches to develop. We, we give you the nuts and bolts and the sets and reps but it's more about the personal development, where do you actually want to go and, and, and how are you going to go in there, what's your pathway to that and supporting you and, and facilitating that development from a, a career and business perspective so please do check us out and give us a shout on social media and you know happy to answer any questions or comment accordingly that's great ben and of course we'll share all of those links on the show notes uh, so people can click through and have a look um and and lastly just one one last question made me, made me think of it then i think i asked ron the same one obviously um you know, you're involved in education of strength coaches and, and you obviously work with them a lot and see the kind of development in it. How do you see the, the kind of industry changing um, over the next few years? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think for me, the evolution of the, what I call the hybrid model, which is this development of Coaches and, and roles within performance sport, but not necessarily full-time, that are complemented by performance training for recreational athletes and general public is, is where things are going to go in, in the UK. So the hybrid strength and conditioning coach, essentially, somebody who has a <clears throat> contracts but also does commercial-based training is, is a massive opportunity, but it also really reinforces that we need to have a career plan and a business plan that and, and have skills to, to grow a business as well as be a coach. If you haven't got any clients or athletes, you, you cannot be a good coach. And I think most people, myself included, the pure sort of holistic goal is to be a great coach and help as many people as possible. Well, that means you've got to have a good business head to, to get and reach as many people as possible. So the hybrid model is key and the youth strength initiative and youth fitness field and youth wellness is also a massive area, massive area. We've seen it in schools and schools are investing more. 
in strength and conditioning coaches, but also generally the awareness of parents as to they want their their child to to, to get the best physical education out there, and they're prepared to invest in that. And clearly, the huge rise in childhood obesity levels that is absolutely an opportunity for us to make a huge difference there and that's basically why we set up the the YSCA so we could facilitate that and give people those skills because it's just not out there in its current form that education pathway so I do think that that's a huge opportunity and you know what what better how much more fulfilling does it get than working with young people who develop and you see them develop and and surely that's that's what we're in this field for mate you know yeah, definitely. I think that's that's great, and it's you know commendable that you've uh, you've set that up and provide that education for people. And and also going back to what you're saying about you know that the sort of hybrid coach of and and needing that sort of business acumen as well. I think the more I've kind of looked into sort of business education, the more sort of things I, I realize you can actually apply that in a coaching setting. We're talking yeah. about you know building rapport and things like that, and essentially a lot of businesses is working with other people. Um, yeah. To to achieve a goal. Um, and I think it, it carries over really well to, you know, what you're doing as a strength coach as well. So it's it's definitely worth looking into, uh, you know, as well to be, you know, to support yourself um, and, and also to help your actual strength and conditioning career. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that hybrid model is, is, is a fantastic model. We should celebrate that that is now available to us. The awareness is there and it doesn't, you, there is no hierarchy here. You know, the youth strength and conditioning coach to the elite performance strength and conditioning coach, there's no hierarchy there. You know, we're all on the same journey and we're all trying to give back and, and support people and human beings and help them develop. We're all coaching. There is absolutely no hierarchy. So I think that it's a massive opportunity um, and we shouldn't treat it as, oh, well, there aren't any jobs, so I'm going to do this. It's actually, no, I'm going to smash that. I'm going to add value. I'm really going to make a difference in my community working with these people and there's nothing better for me personally than seeing a young athlete that you've worked with for a few years or five years ten years that they may or may not ever go into elite sport but they've got skills and movement skills and confidence that will last them the rest of their life forget a career in sport I was training in my local gym the other day and I was on the weightlifting platform I wasn't doing bicep curls, by the way, before you ask. But um, I'm a weightlifting platform, and uh, alongside me was a, a young female who came on and started doing some front squats. And I was at the time I was concentrating on my set, and I was looking clearly looking over as the as the coach that in me would do to to check out what what's the form like here. Fantastic uh, deep front squat position, and then she wrapped the bar turn around and I realized it was a badminton player that I trained for six years and I hadn't seen her for four or five years. She now is working in industry, she's in the commercial sector, but she's got that skill and she was banging out, I think it was about 50K on the front squats, clearly saw value in doing that exercise. You know, that's really cool. That's really cool and that's what it's all about. So we've got to view this as a, a massive opportunity for us to make an impact rather than you know the the job's not available so i'm going to do this let's take the positives and smash it yeah definitely that's great i'm, I'm really glad i uh i asked you that because that's some some great uh insights into that and um 
as I said, I know you're a very busy man, so I don't want to keep you any longer. But it's been great talking to you. Um, probably probably could have gone on longer, but um, yeah, appreciate your time and thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, mate, and uh, good luck to everyone listening. And, and please do get in touch if there's any questions or just to, to shout out and say hello. Cool. Cheers, Brendan. Thanks again. So there you go, some great information for both players and coaches alike. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for taking the time to talk to us and all the best. Um, in the meantime, guys, obviously the podcast here for a reason, that's to help you. So if you've got any questions about rugby strength and conditioning, injury prevention, whatever it might be, nutrition, please let us know. Get in touch with us through social media, through the website. Um, and ask those questions so we can get them answered here either by ourselves or by the experts we get on the podcast uh, and you never know it might even be a cause for debate which could uh, open up you know some really good information so of course get in touch with us that more podcasts on the way so please subscribe on itunes soundcloud stitcher tune in uh, i think that's it whatever you use for podcasts and of course give us a five-star review and in the meantime, all the links that um, anything that uh, Brenda mentioned in the podcast, we will have on the show notes. So check those out with the rest of the podcast on rugbyrenegade.com forward slash podcast. And stay tuned. More to come. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Renegade podcast. For more quality rugby strength and conditioning information, check us out at rugbyrenegade.com. Rugby Renegade, building machines.